you're going to bring it up and, and just put salt on the wound? Will you stop yelling at me? No! Live in the entertainment capital of the world. No, no, you're making me nervous, but seriously. It's the T.C. Martin Show. No, listen. Is there a question? You're making me nervous. Diagnosis. Uh-oh! And a foul! Prognosis. Well, that's good. Osmosis. And they'll reset. Nowitzki again for the lead. Bang! It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. to have you here on a Wednesday, Wild Wednesday, Wacky Wednesday, call it what you want. The big seven-footer is going to be joining us today, the big Bill Cartwright. He's on his way to town here pretty soon. He's going to be here for a couple weeks, of course, the WCC tournament, March Madness upon us, and then we'll uh, be broadcasting the Big West tournament, We've got Mount West, Pac-12, oh uh, yes, the madness is very, very close. We're looking forward to to that. Jesse Merrick will join us, our good friend from News 3 on the sports side, him and B-Sal. Speaking of B-Sal, Brian Salmon, he'll be in the ring Saturday night. We've talked a lot about that leading up to it uh, for charities, boxing. So we'll get Jerry Mer- uh, Jesse Merrick's thoughts on that because Jesse actually is sparred with B-Sal in the ring. That's crazy. These guys are both turning boxers. So we'll have some fun with that today and uh, a lot of other uh, great stuff on tap that we will hit you with uh, today. But I wanted to start the show off today on a somewhat somber note, but it definitely uh, bears mentioning. And uh, over the last couple of days, we've been uh, very aware of the situation uh, on UNLV's uh, campus where UNLV is mourning the loss of one of its football players. Uh, Ryan Keeler uh, died unexpectedly on Monday. He was 20 years old. The cause of death is unknown. He was in his bed, apparently sleeping, and uh, was found in his apartment there off campus in his bed Monday. The cause of death, like we said, is unknown. The time of death they have pinpointed to around 4 p.m. on Monday. Uh, Ryan Keeler was a defensive lineman on the UNLV football team. He was uh, getting ready to start his uh, second season, first under head coach Barry Odom. He did play last year, uh, originally from Chicago, played high school football at uh, Nazareth Academy, uh, began his college career at Rutgers University in New Jersey uh, before transferring to UNLV last year, uh, where he finished his redshirt freshman season. And in uh, in that season, he recorded uh, eight tackles, had one sack. Uh, he was a part-time player. But what Ryan Keeler brought to that UNLV team was a lot of passion, a lot of heart. And, you know, some guys kind of called him like the Rudy of uh, the UNLV football team. Um, fun-loving guy, hard worker, positive personality. Uh, and those are basically quotes coming from his UNLV teammates. Uh, very sad anytime that we hear about a death in college, whether it's related to on the field play or off the field play. Obviously, this didn't happen really um, via game or practice because, again, UNLV is uh, just in some just workouts right now, doing a lot of gym stuff. Uh, mentioned to you, was it last week when we got a chance to, um, several of us in the media got a chance to sit down and have lunch with Barry Odom. And Barry was talking to us about, uh, what, uh, they've been doing, you know, lifting weights and, you know, going through some, some light workouts and that sort of thing right now, really gearing up towards, you know, March 1st when they, they get into their, uh, spring ball. But, uh, he was number 47. If you watched UNLV play at all anytime last year. And again, like I said, uh, teammates say he's just a fun loving guy, hard working guy, uh, had a positive personality. A lot of his teammates were very surprised at his athleticism and his agility that he had. And he was going to be heading into his second season at UNLV and first under head coach Barry Odom. Uh, here was Barry Odom's quote regarding the death of 
Ryan Keeler. We are devastated to have lost a member of the Rebel family. While I had the honor of knowing Ryan for only a couple of months, he already stood out to our coaching staff as an incredible person, student, and teammate. Our condolences and prayers go out to Ryan's family as we grieve along with them over the tremendous loss. So that is hovering over the UNLV uh, campus now. And again, this happened uh, on Monday, uh, time of death, 4 o'clock p.m. on Monday. So we will get more information when we talk to Jesse Merrick. I know he's been covering the story for uh, News 3. So we'll talk to Jesse next hour about that, see if he has any more information. But uh, that is the story that has been circulating not only here on campus at UNLV, in Las Vegas, but but nationally as well, too. Should note here that Ryan Keeler was a pre-business major who maintained a 3.8 GPA, and he made the academic All-Mountain West team last year. So... What what an honor for him. So, again, sad news about the sudden path, passing and unexpected passing of Ryan Keeler, the UNLV defensive lineman. You know, this comes on the heels nine days ago where we had another tragedy occur on a college campus in East Lansing, Michigan, and Michigan State University where we had the mass shooting. Three students were killed and five others were injured. And even though that, again, that's a totally different situation, uh, but it does just make you think about young kids dying, whether they're athletes or non-athletes, just college campuses. You know, you feel that our campuses, whether they are college, high school, junior highs, elementaries, schools, they they should be safe. And, um, you know, just tragedy nine days ago about the mass shooting there. Last night, Michigan State um, played the first home game against Indiana last night. you got to remember, they had a game scheduled against the University of Minnesota last week. Uh, that game was postponed, and then uh, they went on the road, and, and, they, and they lost a game, but this was their first home game. Uh, quite a scene last night in East Lansing on the campus there at Michigan State as um, they honored the fallen victims in a very emotional ceremony. Uh, The victims, survivors, and first responders from last week's shootings were recognized with uh, pregame remarks and comments. Uh, There was also a moment of silence that was broken by the Michigan State Band playing MSU Shadows. So if you watched any of this or you saw any of the highlights, you saw Tom Izzo in tears, many of the fans and players in tears as well, too. And um, they have to deal with that. So, you know, Michigan State's really gone through a lot when you go back and you look at the situation that they had there with the uh, aggravated uh, you know, sexual assault case, you know, with the doctors are on campus. And that what a mess that was. And now to have a, a mass shooting, to have crazy, some crazy gunman come over there and and do that, uh, just terrible. But they're trying to get to get through this. You know, I'll say one thing about these college campuses is that there is so much support. They have a great grievance system in place. Uh, counselors are available. Uh, it's just too bad that we have to talk about these type of instances, and especially wh- no matter where it is, whether it's in East Lansing, Michigan, and Michigan State, or again. You know, you have a a death of a student athlete or just a student uh, here on campus at UNLV. So very, very sad news. Uh, In the game itself last night, Michigan State, they got off to a very slow start, very emotional, like we said. Uh, But uh, Michigan State rallied as the game went on. They actually led at halftime. They ended up beating Indiana last night to 80-65. And then from a basketball perspective, you know, that was a big win for the Spartans last night. And uh, to keep their NCAA tournament uh, hopes uh, alive. But, you know, I was watching the game um, in the Big Ten on Sunday when uh, Illinois uh, was playing. And I saw that uh, the Illinois-Minnesota game, the game was in Champaign, and I noticed that the student body 
had these shirts on that said Spartan Strong. And I'm not sure a lot of people realize that. They probably thought, well, why? You know, this is fighting the line. No, that was to show support for Michigan State. Show support show support for the Michigan State uh, Spartans. And a classy move on uh, the University of Illinois' um, student body there. And uh, we saw Spartan Strong shirts last night, white and green, uh, on the campus of Michigan State last night uh, in the Breslin Center, uh, home of the uh, the Spartans last night. So hopefully uh, they can get through that. Um, uh, very, very tough. Here's Tom Izzo uh, thanking the fans that were at the game last night. And like we said, very emotional game last night um, against the University of Indiana. And again, honoring those that were victims in the mass shooting. This morning, I got a chance to reflect back on last night's game. And from the Izzone to our regular students, to all the people in our community who were at the game, I just want to say thank you. I want to let you know that there is no way when that game started, we could have won that game without you. It proves my point and what we got to do in, in tough times and tragic times. We got to stick together. You've got to spend time with your neighbors. You've got to spend time with your people in your classes. We have to help each other. Last night, it was an incredible support to a bunch of players that were trying to make you forget about what happened for a two-hour period. In saying that, we will never forget what happened to our three students we lost or the five that are in the hospital right now trying to fight for their lives. But I just wanted to tell each and every one of you, we must continue to be there for each other. Uh, That goes for my team and the other teams, but that goes for each and every individual student and our people in our community. Remember, together, we'll stay Spartan strong. Thank each and every one of you. Looking forward to seeing you around campus. God bless. Tom Izzo speaking uh, today after uh, last night's game. Let me tell you something about Tom Izzo. I got a chance to meet him. He is a class guy. And this is what I love about college sports is that you have the emotion for the good, for the bad, the support that you you have, not only with the players and the fans on campus, the unity involved, but the fan bases and the boosters. And especially for programs like Michigan State, Tom Mizzo has been there for 20 years, right? 20 years. That's a family. That's a fraternity. And if you're familiar with the story, um, you know, the Phoenix Suns just got bought recently by a former player of Tom Izzo, all right? And HBO Real Sports did a fantastic uh, story um, about this. And it was just, it was, it was great. It, it was great. And if you, if you, you know anything about, you know, that story, when you're talking about a guy who was a walk-on, um, you know, Matt Ishbia. He was a walk-on at Michigan State and got a chance to play with Mateen Cleaves in the Final Four and uh, Matt Ishbia um, wasn't going to play in the NBA, but he is a multi-billionaire now because uh, he got involved in the mortgage business and uh, was working, started working for his father, then branched off, opened his own business and... uh, like I said, is a multi-billionaire, and now he is the new owner of the Phoenix Suns. And this is a guy that was at Michigan State. He was a walk-on. He played for Tom Izzo, played in three straight Final Fours, and was part of that national championship team that many of us remember in 2000. Like I said, uh, Mateen Cleaves and company, were uh, those guys kind of came out of nowhere and put a great run together. But uh, that's what I love about college sports the stories that you have that, you know, are incorporated with that. Who would have thought that a guy like Matt Ishbia, and if you remember, you know, this is a guy that like, okay, would only get in a game in garbage time. 
but he was like that heart and that soul. And it sounds like he was like Ryan Keeler at UNLV. He was that type of guy, you know? Uh, man, Ishby, Ishby is going to do a great job, and especially taking over that mess that had happened with the Phoenix Suns. Um, all full-time team members with the Suns for over a year received $20,000 bonus on behalf from uh, Robert and Penny uh, Sarver, the former owners there. Uh, so, again, a lot of trouble, you know, with the Sarvers, uh, especially Robert Sarver, Sarver. But, you know, he's taking part of that money that he got from Matt Ishbia and, and, you know, giving it back to, you know, Sun's employees. Uh, very cool with that. But uh, anyway, yeah, Tom Izzo is a great guy, a uh, great man. And again, you never hear about Tom Izzo losing his job, even if they have a down season or two, they don't make the tournament. And, you know, we can only strive to hope we get that at UNLV, you know, that we get that, you know, because that was like kind of Tark stuff, you know, where you had a coach, a leader, the bond between, you know, players, boosters, and and fans, you know. Hopefully we can get back to that here. But uh, there's there's only a handful of college campuses, you know, like that anymore where you, you have coach, you have a stability factor there, and it doesn't matter uh, who you're playing. I mean, they could be playing Eastern Michigan one night, and then they could be playing University of Michigan the next night. It doesn't matter. You're still going to get, you know, 14,000, 15,000 fans jammed, you know, into that Breslin Center on Michigan State's uh, campus. So, yeah college sports and again we really think a lot about college sports now because this is where we're our focus and our attention is right now as we get ready for march madness and the tournament meaningful college basketball games now and uh and all the way through uh the end of march so again looking forward to covering it looking forward to the final four in houston uh it's going to be great and we'll continue talking a lot about that uh every day as we continue on here all right um speaking of thanks you know talking about you know Tom is was giving thanks to the fans and everything. Uh, I had a long conversation um, driving in today. Chris Bosio called, and those you know, you know, Chris Bosio is a close friend of mine, former major league pitcher, and also a uh, you know pitching coach uh, with the Cubs. One of you know was part of he was the pitching coach of the Cubs 2016 World Series team, and uh, you know he comes on with us on a regular basis. Numchuck. Basio want me to give you a message. I get a message? And, 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 our, and our staff. And I, I, I got a feeling he's probably listening right now, too, because he goes, do me a favor today when you go on the air. And I go, okay, what's, what's that? And this is out of the blue, because we just got done talking about baseball and talking about yeah. the divisions and all this other kind of stuff. Because you know, to back up the story, I asked him, I said, hey, you know, about time to get you back on again. He goes, he goes man, he goes, I got nothing for you. And then you know, this is via text. I go, what do you mean you got nothing for me? I go, you always got something. I said, when we get get on, we'll talk about whatever. I mean, that's there it is. And then so then he calls me. And we start talking. Next thing you know, it's like we're talking about all this baseball. I go, well, great. You know, this this twenty minutes on the phone here could have been on the air would with have been this. A great segment, yeah. Of and, and, and he goes, yeah, it would have been a great segment, huh? I go, yeah. So like, you know, why don't we just table this? And this goes, he goes, do me a favor. I go, What's that? He goes. I want you to tell Numchuck and your staff over there. Because I want you to look them in the eye and say, Boz says, you guys do a great job. And, you know, day in and day out, you guys just are fantastic. And he goes, you tell Numchuck that. He does a great job. <laughs> Thanks, Boz. <laughs> now, I paused because he wanted me to pause. And he's going like, I'm going to get crickets after that. No, I? you're not going to get crickets <laughs> after that. <laughs> so that's why I had to pause. He goes, so he asked me, he goes, can you do that for me with a straight face? That's what he asked me. He goes, can you deliver that message with a straight face? And I said, well, yeah, I'm a great actor, you know, so <laughs> I, I could do that. But I said, he goes, but, but, but pause. And he goes, and I want to know if, 
I get crickets after that. No and I crickets. said, and I said, you might not get crickets. I go, you might get some crazy sound effect. You never know what you're going to get. But, uh, but there you go. So we're talking about, you know, thanks. See here, here's a regular guest that you've never met before. Right. And he, he thinks the world of you and, and everyone associated with the show. Love it. There it is. There you go. And I said, well, you guys are, you guys are Chicago through and through. You know, yeah. That's it. You know, plain and simple. So there you go, Boz. I delivered the message to Numchuck. And what did we get instead? Didn't get crickets. We got tears. We got tears. Exactly. Oh, okay. You can take a drink of your monster now. There you go, man. All right. All right. You know what today is? I do. You do? Today. We got some music? That's right. Today is National Margarita Day. Now, it's Ash Wednesday as well, too. Okay. So two separate things here. But again, say both. Oh, you go Jimmy Buffett on me. Is that for Ash Wednesday or for National Margarita Day? Ash Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. National Margarita Day. Now, who doesn't love the margarita, right? Do you know what's in a margarita? Are you a margarita guy, Numchuck? Tequila. 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 Tequila, triple sec, and lime juice. That's really it, right? That's it. Now, we know there's tons of other flavors of margaritas. You know, I'm not much of a drinker. You know that at all. But I don't know if it's a George Costanz in me or the Kramer in me. You know where I'm going with this, right? I've been going with the mango. I've been going with the mango margarita lately. I'm, I'm a mango guy. And, you know, when I start talking about mango, because not every, not every bar has mango, you know. And again, I don't go out and drink, but if I'm at a concert or a show or something like that, you know. I'm, I'm kind of turning to that fruity guy where I'm going, little mango margarita. Isn't that you a got daiquiri? a comment? You sure you're not getting a mango daiquiri? I say mango margarita and they they deliver a mango margarita. Okay. But is there a difference? What? Now, that's a good question. Sort what, is of it, what is the difference? Difference in alcohols? Really? Yeah. We'll ask our, our guest who's coming on later. You know, I think our guest is, is a mixologist or something like that. I don't know. But <laughs> um, yeah. Is that is that wrong of me to be like a little a little a little, a little fruity drinker? Like no. that? You know? I get some looks so. Well, why don't you get a bourbon? Why don't you get a whiskey? Why don't you do that? Yeah, I'm much of a drinker. <laughs> Have a ladies drink? Would a mango bar margarita be called a ladies' drink? <laughs> so when you go, if you go out and order a drink, what do you order? What's your go-to? I have one of two things I get. Let's hear it. Jack and Coke. <laughs> oh, that's hardcore. Okay. Yeah. And Jameson Ginger. Oh, ginger. Ginger. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll buy that. How about a blueberry drop? How about a lemon drop? What? Because <laughs> I tell you, fruity, fruity. There it is. I don't know. I think I've been hanging out with Jay Vidal too much. Oh, no. <laughs> National Margarita Day. The margarita created in 1938 in Mexico. Widely considered the official drink of fun. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The, that's that's what they call it. Yeah, all right. All right. All right. So, yeah, we're going to celebrate the margarita today in in a couple different ways. So we'll have some fun with that. Is there going to be a taste test? I think we'll have to do a taste test today. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> love my job. You, you're getting excited now, aren't you? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, wait. Now, all of a sudden, the, the Jameson and Ginger or the Jack and Coke has got kicked to the curb for the margarita. For the fruity margarita, huh? Huh? You're kind of silent on me now. Yeah. Yeah. See? Oh, or is it? Oh, what? Whatever's free is 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 me. Is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> uh, okay. There you go. National Margarita Day. Yeah, it kind of upsets me that you know every day somebody says, "Oh, this is National Peanut Butter Day." It's this and that, this and that. But I guess Margarita Day's been around. February twenty second. There's so many stupid, stupid mm-hmm. holidays like that. Yeah. National would, Peanut Butter Jelly Day. I, I'm saying every day it's like donut. You know, we have donut day, this and that. I mean, we should, 
I believe there's a calendar out there. Why don't you do there, some homework? I'm sure on, there is. Why don't you get us one and put it up here in the studio? That's what I'd li- like. Okay. We want the. I want the national calendar thing. So every day. Stupidest holiday. Re- no, no, no. Everything has like a food day. It's usually food correlated or something else. I want that in the studio. So then, you know, because I'm such a foodie, to bring that up. And then I could say, today's national artichoke day. You know? There you go. We'll go tequila. That's fine. All right. National margarita day. Have a margarita. All right. Shout out to our friends at Hussongs. All right. They're going to be doing it up uh, right tonight. Shout out to them. Uh, go check them out. The two locations at Boca Park and Mandalay Place right there by the shops there at Mandalay Bay. Celebrate over at Boca Park with the Bogo Margaritas. Mariachi's going to be in effect. Mariachi band. And guess what, Numchuck? What? It's not Tuesday, but taco specials tonight. But it's no, it's who not, songs? It's not. It's not Tuesday. It's not Taco Tuesday. But it's taco specials tonight. I said, even though it's not Tuesday, it's taco special because it's National Margarita Day. Tequila. Come right back and tell you a story of, about that episode. And I just ruined it. All right, the big seven-footer. That's him, ladies and gentlemen. He's twisting uh, the day away. Big Bill Cartwright joins us now. Big fella, what do you got to say about all this? Hey, I am at USF right now. Oh. Uh, hanging out, watching practice. Um, people, are getting, people are getting ready right now. We're getting ready to play. Getting ready to rock and roll. That's why. That's why you should be putting some Chevy checkers on and doing a twist. <laughs> the mighty, baby, the mighty dawns. Look, you're all fired up, revved up. I love it. The mighty dawns get ready. They they don't got action yeah. tonight. Tomorrow, tomorrow the dawns are in action on the home floor at War Memorial, whatever you're calling it now. Your new sponsor, uh, you know, what do you got? Sobrano Center, Portland Sobrano Center. We'll we'll we'll, we'll get you there. We got as you as everybody knows, we got to coach you up. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. Gotta coach you up. Gotta get you right. All right. All right. Uh, so you'll be glad to know this. Uh the the when you come on a lot, we'll we play the that episode from Seinfeld, the Chinese restaurant. Now, we've talked about this a lot. I don't know how much of a Seinfeld fan you were, but are are you much of a Seinfeld fan and, and are you familiar with that episode? I'm, I'm talking to you, <laughs> Mr. USF, <laughs> Mr. Chicago Bull. Are you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Are you familiar with the, the Chinese restaurant episode? Yeah. Oh, jeez. There we go. I, see, this is what happens. The guy's over on campus. He's probably down in the basement, down in the locker room. We got to get a better connection. What are you doing, man? Get yeah, to the cafe- I don't know. Get to the cafeteria. You know, go, go to the pub. No, it's, it's, it's my fault. I love how he blames us. Yes. Uh, this just in. Uh, we don't do radio on a cell phone, okay? So we have no problem with our connection. Jeez. It's got to be. Uh, forget. Well, anyway, I, I've lost the, 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 the thought of the story. So no, please tell the Seinfeld story. Huh? 
Tell your Seinfeld story. Don't, what are you talking about the Seinfeld story? Okay. In the meantime, I'm going to move. You're going to move. Okay, there you go. All right, so uh, my daughter, who uh, you guys know very, very well, the, the, the songstress, the actress that she is, okay? So she's down in L.A. right now, and she's uh, visiting with one of her friends who is doing a... A, a play or a production. And one of the things that they're doing in this production, it's a bunch of different, I guess, vignettes. And she is going to be R- Elaine Bennis from Seinfeld in the Chinese restaurant episode. They're, so they're, they're recreating the Chinese restaurant episode. So I had to tell her last night that, okay, when you're doing this, when you get in character, you have to keep in mind that my good friend, the five-time NBA champ, Big Bill Cartwright, okay, he was written in to this scene by Larry David. So when the uh, Mater D or the host calls out, Cartwright, that that was for you because Larry David was such a big New York Knicks fan back in the day, and they wrote your name in to that classic scene in that episode. And uh, so I told her that should be her motivation when, uh, you know, when she's uh, recreating the scene there down in LA this weekend. There's my, there's my, my story. Anyway, I've told you this before. You, you, you were written in to that scene by Larry David. And that's going to be one of your proudest moments. Forget, forget the, the, the three rings as a player. All right, forget the two rings as a cup. Forget that. I mean, being written into a Seinfeld episode with your name, uh, that's going to be one of the greatest moments of your entire life. Um, <laughs> I don't think that that <laughs> can be one of my greatest moments. I'm hoping that it could be something else. Yeah. Uh, it's nice. Hold on. Nunchuck. If I told you, Numbchuck, that Larry David is writing you into a scene or, or part of Kirby Enthusiasm, Simon, how would you feel about that? It would be my second greatest accolade. Yeah, second greatest accolade. The first being being my producer. Being working with TC Martin. Oh, look so at long. This. There it is. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the tears out. Numbchuck, you don't even realize. <laughs> there it is, Cartwright. There it is. I mean, you, you should feel honored. I mean, come on. It's like you, you just dismiss that. I don't get it. I just gotta get you guys out. <laughs> no, this is like a, a a key mark in your life. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Come on, dude. You got a wife. You got you guys. You got a great daughter. Come on. Now, what is this I'm really not like? talking about me. I'm talking about you. Are, are you talking about Numbchuck? Yeah. I mean, no, we even talking about me. You're the one that uh, they, they referenced your name for a reason. He, what do you think? They just picked Cartwright out of a hat? No, he goes, it's for Bill Cartwright. I loved him with the Knicks. There yeah. you go. That's Larry David. I mean, you, you, you should feel honored with that. And I know I'm the only guy that is that has told you that. I've, you know, broken that. That's the breaking news. You know, I got that inside information. He, well, I got news for you, Tom. Okay. I got uh, how many grandkids? Oh, uh, eight. Wow. wow, eight, four kids. Uh, you're gonna go there with this gonna, wife? Yeah, you're gonna go. You're gonna go with all that? Really? Come on, you're well, ruining. I don't know. You're ruining uh, the guess, moment. You're ruining the moment, man. Why well, don't you just no, I'm, just, I'm just trying to rank you the right way. I'm trying to coach you. <laughs> oh, all right. Never mind, man. Hey, do you do you realize that today is National Margarita Day? No, I did not realize that. All right, so I'm telling you right now, today is is National Margarita Day, and uh, we're going to be drinking margaritas here within the hour. So you are, yes, right, right here, live on the air. What do you think of that? There it is. That's probably not the way to go. <laughs> I would do it uh, maybe after work. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be our final segment today. Yeah. You are really uh, got it going today. This yeah, we got like it going. All right. Well, you should know that by now. All right. So, are you margarita. Are, are you a margarita man? I am. Okay. So, what's your go-to margarita? You go flavor. Or you go regular. Give us your spin on the margarita. Regular frozen margarita. A little bit of salt. Okay. Now, a lot of people um, are doing the sugar now instead of the salt. 
not salt. You got to be traditional. Okay. All right. All right. A lot, a lot of people do a lot of things. Yes. Yeah. So we talk about that every day in sports. They do a lot of things. <laughs> I'm not, let's, let's do it the right way. I'm not going to get you to do a mango margarita, huh? Uh, that sounds pretty it, good. Admit that. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? How could that be a margarita? Well, okay. Well, here it is. I mean, you know, the margarita, you have the triple sec. You got the tequila. You get the lime juice. Maybe you just throw in, you know, uh, the mango uh, juice or something or pineapple juice. Uh, pi- there are flavored margaritas. You understand that. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Do they, do they, Lumpchuck, do they eliminate the lime juice and put that in or they add it with the lime juice? I, I bet Probably they, add it with it. You think? I think so. Not a substitute? No. Okay. There you go. Maybe you can ask some of your USF friends that, Bill. Why do? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You you coached you coached down in Mexico. I mean, you know, you know, the margarita was was a made uh, actually founded in Mexico, nineteen thirty eight. So there's another fun fact for you. You know, some some top notch trivia. I'm sure you had some great margaritas your time. Uh, you know, maybe not while you were coaching, but while you were down there. You know, after games and practices, you probably needed a bunch of margaritas after that team. Well, that that no. I mean, actually, the guys were great. Yeah. It's more the uh, administration over there trying to get along. Right. Um, that was that was probably the issue. That uh, you know the players um, were having uh, some problems with the owners of of the league and and those kind of guys. So, uh, but but the guys are always terrific. All right, there it is. Yeah, that, was, that was that was fun. That was a great experience. It's too bad I should have stayed on there longer. Maybe I could be able to speak some Spanish. You're pretty good at the Spanish. At least, I, I heard at least, at least be more fluent. Yeah. All right. Last time we talked yeah. with you, uh, we were talking about the All Star Game coming up. Uh, did you spend any time watching any of the All Star festivities? Uh, I should be diplomatic once again and say yes, I did. I watched. I watched it. I enjoyed it. No, no. Uh, I just tell like no, it I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't spend. Uh, I would say uh, thirty seconds. That was it. Okay. In which in which which part did you watch the actual game itself, or a dunk contest, or three point shootout, or what? I watched about ten seconds of the <laughs> three point contest, and then the other twenty seconds on the actual game. Oh, jeez. Yeah. When they were walking, when they were walking around in half speed and giving up layups, uh, what's that? And that was it. So, um, you know, pretty nightmarish. But uh, like I said, this, this all that stuff is geared for the fans. They can see the players. They can uh, maybe, if they're lucky enough, get up and touch them or take a picture. But there's but there's no actual basketball going on there. So, uh, no, I didn't. I didn't watch. It is pretty pathetic. And so what happened to the slam dunk contest? We've talked about this before where it was actually a spectacle. It was probably the highlight of the entire weekend. You know, you go back to your boy MJ taking off of the free throw line, Dominique Wilkins. Uh, then again, you know, when you had, you know, Spud Webb or Nate Robinson, you know, the kind of gimmick stuff, but you know, you had guys that, uh, actually were creative and you had, you know, the guys that actually, you know, wanted to be there. I mean, did you look at this lineup, this pathetic lineup? I mean, nobody heard of any of these guys that were in the slam dunk contest. Where did we go wrong with the slam dunk contest? And, and why did players just say, oh, no, I'm too cool for that. Forget about it. And now they have to beg, borrow, and steal and bribe guys to get in here. And I'm sure you heard, you know, Mac McClung, uh, guys played two days with the Philadelphia 76ers, plays in the G League. He enters the contest. He wins the contest. Uh, a guy that, you know, had a very sparse career at Georgetown and Texas Tech. Uh, not even really on a, uh, technically, I guess he's on an NBA roster with the Sixers, but it's a joke. I mean, this guy makes a hundred thousand for winning the slam dunk contest and his career earnings as a player in basketball is 106,000. Well, what, what, what happened to the slam dunk contest, my friend? In your in your wise wisdom, okay? You know, why did players say, I, I'm too cool for this? Forget it. I want no part of it. Well, it's like anything else is that, you know, things change, they move on. It's it's it's, it's not emphasized the same way. Uh, the rules change all the time. And look, how does this guy get in the? How does he even get in the contest? That's that's the question. 
because there's nobody yeah. else. There's nobody else. And, the, and, the, and here's how he got in. I don't know if you heard the story because he went viral because he had so many millions of views of doing all these acrobatic dunks going back to high school and then in college. And uh, he was phenomenal and he didn't miss a dunk. But he took it seriously because he had the time to take it serious because you know he's not spending any time you know playing in the NBA. But it's kind of a, a joke. But you know he's he's a superstar today because of winning the NBA Slam Dunk Contest. But that's how he got in because social media. Well, so he didn't have the same reputation as Dominic Wilkins or or <laughs> or, or Dr. J. No, that's what you're trying to say. He he did not. No. <laughs> Crazy. Hey, let me ask you this. Back when you were back when you were playing, did you ever have a desire to participate in the slam dunk contest? Did you ever want to do it? No. And 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 probably the only big guy to do that. I think artists did it one year. Mm-hmm. But 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 guys like us, we don't we don't do that because we're not relatable to the general public. You know, we're we're too tall. They need they need somebody that, you know, that's why Michael and Dominique, because people think that they have an opportunity to maybe do that. Right, right. So, um, you know, but tall guys, no, that's, that's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. That's why the guy won. You know, that's why, uh, that's why Spud Webb won. Right. You know, is people are like, yeah, I could do that. Come on, I could do that. It's like being in a Rocky movie. Yeah, I'm about five six. I could, I could beat somebody up. How about, <laughs> that was a great movie. How about this uh, this message for the NBA? Since they're always looking to do weird things, just like the NFL when it comes to the Pro Bowl and you know the All Star Game. All that. How about we do this? That we go ahead and we invite, let's say, four or five guys, all say minimum seven feet, seven one. All right, and they're the ones that are in the slam dunk contest. And really make it goofy and do a thirteen foot hoop. How about that? Can you see people buying into that? There it is. And then we could go old school and we can invite guys like you and Patrick and George Mirasan or, or people like that. There it is. If, you know, if Manu Bowl is still alive, anybody say you'd have to be seven one or above. You you'd sign up for that, right? Uh, no, like all, all, all this stuff is just a mess. It's just an absolute it mess. But it it's, but it's exactly what you what you'd expect. Now, you probably watched some of the celebrity All Star Game because um, pretty much anybody, any celebrity, can do that. So I'm sure you watched that. I, you know, to honestly, uh, your 10 seconds that you watched on Saturday was 10 more seconds than I watched. I watched nothing on Saturday. No dunk contest. No three point shoot. No celebrities. Forget it. Zero. None of that. None. Uh, I did probably watch a total of about six, seven minutes of the game itself just so I could talk about it and, and, and rip it on Tuesday. Well, so what's the difference between the celebrity game and the and the breakout game? <laughs> no, what's, what's, what's the difference? As a matter of fact, celebrities probably played harder. They probably, you're probably right. I was going to say that. That'd be my answer. I don't know. Hey, speaking of playing hard, uh, I don't know if you this this number will really blow you away. That uh, I've kind of, well, I've kind of, I've kind of lowballed it for you already. So I'll, I'll turn to a trivia question. How many players have played? In every game so far this year, All right? Just had the All Star game. What's the total number of players that have played in every game this year? Take a guess and, and make it a legitimate guess. How many players in the N- NBA? I mean, we have 30 teams, 12 on a roster. What's what's the math there, Numchuck? 600? All right. How many players have played in every game? Not every minute of every game, just have played a moment. Or a minute or two in every I game. I, I, I would be surprised if it was, um, I'll say eight. <laughs> I, I think that's too high. <laughs> no. Now you're making a joke. No. This number's no, a I'm joke. Not. This number's a joke. 19. 19. 19 players. 19 players have played in every game. That's it. Now just take a wild guess when you played. Or not even when you played. Go back five years ago. How many uh, players of the, you know, 600 that are in the uh, NBA played? 
uh, in every game uh, up until you know, again. We've only played we've only played uh, forty five games so far or fifty games. All right, how hard is that to just appear appear in every game? Nineteen players know. is the number. When you played, it had it had to be well over a hundred. 150. Well, my, People were well, taking nights two, off. Well, my first two seasons that I played in every game. There it is. There it is. And then, and then I think after that I missed a couple, and maybe like four. And then after that I broke my foot, so I missed the entire season. So, um, yeah, pretty much. Do you know that's how just, but that's, you know how many that's, games that's that how was. John Stockton missed is in his entire career? His entire career, he played 19 seasons. He missed 22 games. <laughs> yeah. So now we do right. we do that, and we transition into your favorite topic of your boy LeBron James. Oh, thanks by the way, you know, for uh, ganging up on me with Savloff on Friday because the first thing he says when he comes on to me, uh, he wants to talk about uh, you know me being upset that uh, that uh, LeBron broke Kareem's record. So I said, oh, I know who the culprit on that is. Yeah. So thank you very little for that. You, you, well, I'm not. Look, look, that's some issues that you're going to have to work out. And, you know, that's, that's going to be a topic for another time. But the guy, the guy does have a legitimate claim now that, that he is the greatest of all time. That's all I was saying. Hmm. Whether you agree or disagree, we know you disagree. So, all right. Uh, but I, I, I just thought you would, uh, you know, just have something to talk about. That's all. Well, here, here's something to talk about. And I'm going to let you do the talking. Okay. Uh, so. How do you have the greatest player of all time? That's your air quotes. How do you have the greatest player of all time, your boy LeBron James, and you miss the playoffs for two years in a row? Miss the playoffs last year. More than likely going to miss the playoffs this year. They're 27 and 32. They're in 13th place. How do you have the greatest player of all time on a Laker team with the highest payroll and you're going to miss the playoffs? Please explain that one to me. Oh, does it have something to do with, cause he doesn't play every game. He's take, he's load management, but seriously, this is the greatest player of all time and you're in 13th place in the West right now. Please explain that. I'm, I'm saying that that, that happens to the guy. Now, if that question was asked to MJ, about MJ, you would say, well, you know, when MJ was with Washington for those two years, they, they were not in the playoffs. So so that discussion would be mute. Oh, no. So, no, really? Really? Yeah. Uh, this team was just, supposed just, to just, compete for a championship. Uh, MJ's team in Washington weren't supposed to compete for a championship. Not with that roster. You know that. Come on. No, with that, with those ones. These guys just won a title two years ago. The Lakers won a title with your boy two years ago. Then they don't make the playoffs last year, and they're on the outside looking in. I mean, you're five games under. You're in 13th place with the greatest player of all time. Come on. You can do better than that. Come on. Give me the real reason. What do you? What do you? I, I'm I'm confused about what you're what you what you're talking about. And nor am I. And nor am I. I'm a little confused about uh, how this guy cannot be in a discussion just because you are the greatest of all time doesn't mean you have the greatest team of all time. Team. We're not playing tennis. We're not playing golf. We're not swimming. You need a team to win. So that's what I'm saying. So as you know. So what I'm saying is that this guy. As you know, LeBron James, uh, I won't throw King James in, that would really kill you. Uh, <laughs> that he's in the, he's in a discussion with Cream and Bill Russell. Discussion, yeah. In my in my in my group to be the greatest fault. That's all I'm saying. I didn't I didn't think it would cripple you that much that you'd have to go to this degree. <laughs> I'm just saying that he's in that discussion. So yes, he's in, in a discussion, but he's not the greatest player of all time. He's not He's not close to being the greatest player of all time just because he has well, the most well, points. Because he has the most points. Well, who is? Who is that? I, I told who you. Is? I'm still I'm still going to go with Kareem and Wilt. I'm going to go 1-1-A one and one a with those two guys. And again, I, I, and I'm putting your boy, MJ, ahead of LeBron James. Why? Why? Because... Why? Why? Because of champion championships and scoring, and he's a better ball no. player. He's a better ball player. You played with a guy. He's a better ball player, all around ball player. Can hit free throws. Yes. Can hit threes. Can shoot. You know, got better shooting form. He's, he can re. He do it all. I'm not talking about being a team leader. I'm not saying any of that stuff. I'm just talking about ability 
uh, in in being a focal point and leading teams to championships. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. How I can you argue with any of that? You can't argue with that. Think, your teammate. I think you're talking about more about doing a jockey commercial <laughs> and doing a Nike commercial. That's what you're talking about. Oh, I know. Right. That's another story. Exactly. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. No, that's exactly what it was. So uh, I'm talking about facts is that you got to be a leader in something. Now, is, is, is he a leader? Is, has he scored the most points, most rebounds, most of anything? <laughs> I'm just, I'm just asking a question. I'll, I'll, I'll wait while there's dead air. Uh, again, 19 years. This this guy is is playing 19 years. Uh, James, again, longevity, uh, three point shot, more scoring in this era of uh, 20 years removed from when Jordan played. So, I mean, yeah, come on. I they mean, had three point shots. Yeah, they did. And, and 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 you can't blame you can't blame him that he can't play as long. This guy this guy is not it's not his fault he can play longer. He's, no, he's I'm not I'm, not I'm not blaming. I'm just saying. My question was, how do you have the greatest player of all time, and you're going to miss the playoffs in back to back years when you just won a championship a couple of years ago? And there's plenty of talent around him. They got a high payroll. You know that it's not him by himself. I mean, they tried to funnel in these guys, yeah. and they've done a poor job of it. The management has done a poor job of that. I think we can agree with that. So that's all. It's too bad. I really didn't want to talk to you about that. I want to talk about the Sacramento Kings. I mean, you're there. Course, this team is leading the Pacific. The Kings. Talk. Go ahead and pimp out the Kings. I mean, you've always wanted them to be good. Look at this. They're leading the Pacific. Are you happy? Yes, I am. Very pleased. There you go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased the fact that, uh, you know, we're in, in my hometown. They're doing a great job. These guys, what I really like about them is that they – Come out every night. They play really hard. They've got a good scheme. They're not a great defensive team, but they're just consistent with their effort every night. Uh, it's 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 really nice. And also, uh, you know, they have they have uh, they have a guy to finish the game off the box. So um, it's uh, you know when the opportunities come about, when I had a chance to to watch them, uh, it's great because for the most part they're in every single game. And uh, that's 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 a big part of it. And these last five minutes of the game, which I, of course I think is crucial, uh, they they usually do a really good job of getting a good shot. Hopefully, they can get some stops. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm very thrilled. All right, there it is, big guy. All right, we'll let you get back to practice over there. Uh, get down there and uh, do some instructing or something like that. While you do that, we're gonna roll out with a little JB. All right, we're getting ready for you to come to town here in a couple weeks, man. There it is. There it, there is. it is. Finally. <laughs> JB, you got the man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good luck against those uh, Portland Pilots tomorrow night, okay? We'll be betting yeah, on no, that. Need- Dons, there you go. Don't be betting. Period. <laughs> Get out of there. <laughs> oh, you're so superstitious. Adios. See you later, man. There it is, the big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. He doesn't care that his name was was used, and homage, and the re- the Chinese restaurant episode, Simon, didn't care about that. Didn't want to hear my argument about, you know, making excuses why the Lakers are so bad. Didn't want to hear about that. Just wants to hear about James Brown. Can't blame him. Jesse Merrick from News 3 is going to join us. Margarita time next hour. Look out, baby, as we continue on. Wild, wacky Wednesday. Alligator, come